Foreign Minister Kono, welcome to Conversation With. Thank you. What do you think of this recent thaw in relations between North and South Korea uh, since the opening of the Winter Olympics? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I think it's good to have North Korean athletes participating in uh, Olympic Games. It's an event for the peace. But at the same time, uh, we should not be getting to uh, North Korea's charm offensive. We shouldn't be played into their hand. Uh, North Korea is still continuing with nuclear and missile development. And they were showing off the missiles that flew over Japan twice uh, the day before the opening ceremony of the Olympic Games. So I think the international community need to continue uh, working on uh, economic sanction against North Korea to maximize the pressure on them so that North Korean regime would realize the current uh, policy is wrong for the regime and its people. Do you think that President Moon is taking too soft an approach to North Korea? Well, um, he is responsible uh, for making Pyeongchang Olympic Games successful. So uh, I I think he is uh, receiving North Korean uh, delegation well. Uh, What happens after the Olympic and uh, Paralympic Games is important. I think uh, they are resuming uh, joint exercise with United States and the international community will go back to the sanctions. So what happens after the games uh, are going to be important. You don't sound very optimistic. You don't seem to think that this might be a breakthrough. I don't think so. Uh, if it was, if it would have been a breakthrough, uh, then North Korea would announce they would uh, give up a uh, nuclear program. And they should have invited the IAEA uh, investigator to oversee uh, their nuclear program uh, demolished, but they have not done it. So I think their intention is very clear. They are still trying to develop the nuclear weapon. On a scale of one to ten, though, so where would you rate the risk of nuclear conflict? Since this is a question, of course, that every Asian is, is asking themselves. Well, I don't think uh, North Korea is willing to risk it because they know once they use a nuclear weapon, entire North Korea will be wiped out from the face of the planet. So Kim Jong-un, I don't think, uh, wouldn't actually use it, but uh, it would be used as a threat against South Korea. Uh, North Korea will probably require to reunite the Korean Peninsula on their terms. So I think international community Uh, continue to be united and uh, we need to uh, get uh, our common goal which is to eradicate the nuclear weapons of the Korean Peninsula. You've been to Beijing recently Mm -hmm. and some analysts say that relations between uh, Beijing and Tokyo have never been so good. Do you agree? Well, the Prime Minister Abe had uh, met uh, Chinese leaders last year, uh, November, And uh, they both agree that it's going to be a fresh start between Japan and China. 
uh, we are hosting a trilateral summit meeting in Tokyo, uh, Japan, China, and South Korea. And then the Prime Minister is planning to visit China. And then we are planning to receive presidency after that. So it would be a good high-level exchange. And people-to-people uh, -people exchange uh, continuing to be very successful. We have received, uh, I think, 7 million Chinese tourists visiting Japan last year. So uh, I, I think the bilateral relationship is going uh, quite well, I think. A fresh start, but mm -hmm. can it be a fresh start with the South China Sea dispute still not resolved? Well, uh, there are issues in South China Sea and uh, Chinese submarine just violated uh, uh, around uh, Senkaku Island. So I think China need to uh, stop uh, their activities trying to unilaterally change the status quo. Uh, China need to learn how to behave as a big country. But uh, uh, I think that can be manage manageable. What about, again, some of the ports there are in Xinhua uh, um, news agency, the Chinese news agency, which uh, make comments saying that Japan should not meddle in the South China Seas? Well, uh, South China Sea is open to everybody. And uh, it is very important to keep uh, South China Sea free and open to everyone. Uh, Japan continue to support the United States uh, operation in the region to make it uh, open and free. And uh, I think it's everyone's duty to keep the sea lines of communication uh, connecting all the way from uh, East Coast Africa to the West Coast of the Americas. That is, brings us to perhaps the Indo-Pacific strategy mm -hmm. that uh, Japan has been advocating, that you have been advocating. Mm -hmm. Some analysts though, some Chinese analysts argue that the Indo-Pacific strategy is really a disguise for a containment of China. What would you say to that? Well, the free and open Indo-Pacific strategy is to uh, keep the sea lines of communication free and open to everybody. And uh, it is to uh, invest in infrastructure uh, from Indian Ocean all the way to Pacific to increase the connectivity. And we are trying to increase the capacity of uh, anti-piracy and counter-terrorism. And uh, we also would like to increase the resilience against a national disaster. And uh, I think Free and open sea lines of communication is uh, good for uh, one road, one belt of China. So it is for everybody. And uh, we would be welcoming everyone who's interested in uh, keeping free and open sea, sea lanes to participate and uh, cooperate in the strategy. These better relations with Beijing, though, does this mean that um, all uh, sort of issues concerning war crimes has really been resolved? Because how can that relationship between uh, Beijing and Tokyo really be harmonious without those issues being addressed? The, again, the Chinese have sometimes said that they feel that the 
Abe administration has been too indulgent to right-wing activists uh, within uh, Japan who repudiate the war crimes? Um, that issue has been solved with a joint statement back in 1970s. And uh, I don't, I think we need to create a future, future looking relationship. And I don't think there's anything to stop that. So no more looking to the past is what you're saying? Well, I mean, we cannot forget the past, but uh, we need to look at the future to create a better bilateral relationship. What about Japan's role now? in a changing political landscape. In fact, a landscape in which uh, some would say America is now receding. So what sort of role does Jap Japan see for itself in Asia? Well, I think United States commitment to Asia is very important in terms of security as well as economy. It was very unfortunate for US to pull out of uh, TPP, but our President Trump mentioned TPP in Davos, and uh, we always welcome the United States to come back. And uh, well, the Trans-Pacific Partnership could be changed as Trump-Pacific Partnership. Well, we are ready to change that much, and uh, I think the U.S. should uh, uh, consider coming back to TPP. It is, it is important. Uh, for U.S. to uh, engage in economy as well as security of Asia. So no more TPP-11, we'd actually be TPP-12 again. Well, we are going ahead with TPP-11. I think we are signing on March 8th. But once we sign for TPP-11, I think it's open to everybody, any country which is interested in participating in TPP, uh, they're welcome. Japan and, and Singapore did a lot to work on TPP mm -hmm. after uh, the initial, at least, stance that, from President Trump that they were not going to, to take part. Mm -hmm. Do you feel also that this, again, is, a, is another example of you know, um, how the world is going to move forward even if America isn't? Well, we prefer U.S. Uh, with us, uh, I think it would be better to have United States uh, commitment in Asia. Uh, Japan and Singapore have been uh, working closely together for uh, last so many decades uh, in terms of uh, economy and uh, in terms of uh, well, United Nations and the other international arena. I think we will continue to be working closely with uh, Singapore, especially uh, Singapore is uh, chairman of ASEAN in this year, and we are celebrating 45th anniversary of Japan-ASEAN cooperation and friendship. So there are a lot uh, we can do together between Japan and Singapore. But bringing you back though, sir, to uh, Japan's role though, what does Japan see its, its role uh, in Asia now? What sort of role does it see itself playing? Well, we have invested in Asia for the last 50 years. Uh, the private company has been investing, and the Japanese government have been providing uh, assistance in many ways. And we will be continuing uh, to engage in uh, Asia uh, in terms of economy as well. 
And uh, we also have a very strong alliance with the United States. So uh, Japan could be a bridge connecting Asia to United States, and we will continue to play that role. And from a security point of view, sir? Well, we host an American military base in Japan, and uh, I think it is a sort of a regional common good. So we will continue to host the American base and uh, American engagement in the region would uh, enhance peace and prosperity of Asia. How do you think that you would like ASEAN, for example, to interface with Japan, uh, if we're not looking just at economic, but also, let's say, for example, the South China Sea issue? Uh, do you also support the code of conduct that ASEAN is trying to push through? Mm -hmm. Well, I think the code of conduct will be negotiated between ASEAN countries and China. And uh, I hope it's going to be uh, legally binding. And uh, I hope it will lead to non-militarization of the South China Sea. And uh, Japan fully uh, support uh, those actions. Do you think, though, that we're in danger of slipping into kind of a Cold War situation where we're going to be aligning ourselves into blocks, ones that are you know, pro-China and, and then perhaps pro-US and it's becoming more polarized? Well, back in Cold War, uh, there, were, there was not much trade between Western countries and Soviet Union. So you could easily contain Soviet Union and uh, its allies. But right now, there are a lot of trade going on between China and uh, no one can contain China. And at the same time, the countries are trading with United States, EU, Japan. So the 21st century, uh, I think the trade regime is all connected. And it'll be very difficult to build a wall around it. What would you say, though, to Asians, particularly older Asians, who might be afraid that some of these changes that are taking place with the Japanese constitution might indicate a, a shift from a pacifist stance to a more assertive role? Um, that is total misunderstanding, I think. What we are trying to do is we are trying to write uh, self-defense force into constitution. Uh, right now, if you read the Japanese constitution, you need to know how the government interpret. And I think that is very unkind to non-Japanese speakers. Uh, they can read the constitution in translation, but uh, how to interpret it, you need to know the government interpretation. Uh, I, I don't think that's the good way to explain uh, our constitution to outside world. So what we are trying to do is write what it means so you can read it and you know what it means. Uh, I think that would be a more kind way to do it. Well, what you, would you explain it then to a layperson who is very interested uh, in Japan's foreign policy? How would you put it then? Well, uh, we, we say in constitution we will not be uh, aggressive uh, in any way, and uh, we will renounce the uh, armed forces. But uh, in reality, you need to have uh, some forces to defend Japan. 
So what we are trying to do is we are not going to use forces to solve any uh, conflict or dispute, but uh, we will keep a defensive, uh, self-defense force to protect Japan. So that's what we are trying to do. And this is a promise. Mm -hmm. The three biggest economies in the world now, US, mm -hmm. China, and Japan, um, there's some shift in powers, people will say. Are we going to see in the future world order uh, that this jostling between the three biggest economies in the world uh, is going to dominate uh, how we order things? Well, uh, peaceful economic growth of China uh, is good for not just for Asia, but for the global economy. And uh, we welcome China's uh, peaceful growth. But uh, uh, the bigger power comes with bigger responsibility. Uh, China needs to learn how to behave with responsibility, and they need to fulfill what they are expected to do. And at uh, the same time, Japan and China, uh, we used to sit face to face and talk about bilateral issues, but now we are uh, world's second largest and third largest economy. I think it's time for Japan and China to stand shoulder to shoulder to tackle uh, issues concerning uh, globally, like uh, climate change, uh, disease, uh, of course, economic issues, uh, trade, like RCEP. So there are a lot of things we have to work together. And uh, if U.S. Uh, join us shoulder to shoulder, uh, I think it will be a lot better. Well, this sounds extremely positive, sir, but isn't there also an inbuilt rivalry to some degree um, where Japanese firms will be competing with Chinese firms and also American firms for the major mm -hmm. contracts, especially for infrastructure here in the Asian region? Well, um, there are a huge demand for infrastructure in the region. And uh, we welcome infrastructure project if it's transparent, if it's open to everybody, and if it's economically sound, and if recipient uh, country's finance is good. Uh, I think we need to continue to invest in infrastructure for uh, uh, Africa, Middle East, Indian subcontinent, ASEAN, uh, Pacific Islands, Australia, New Zealand, uh, they have a huge appetite for infrastructure project. So we continue to keep the quality of the project high. And uh, I think we have to fulfill the demand with uh, financial support. And that's good for uh, global economy. So economic rivalry does not necessarily mean that it will spill over into political rivalry. Well, we believe in market economy, which competition create better goods and services. At the same time, uh, Japanese company and Chinese company or Asia, uh, you know, ASEAN company can work together. Uh, there are a lot of projects that uh, our company working with foreign company in third countries. So I think competition is good. That's why we believe in the market economy. Final question, sir. You have been called Japan's foremost Twitter diplomat. How do you think that that advances uh, Japan's position and explaining uh, Japan's position? Well, I started Twitter 
as killing time. Uh, when I arrive in a meeting five minutes before, I spend five minutes tweeting. When I'm waiting for a train to come at the station, I tweet. Uh, and uh, I, don't, I don't know, it, I don't think it's going to be a Japanese diplomatic tool, but uh, it satisfies me and uh, I'm having fun communicating through Twitter. So I think that's going to be what that is. And how do you think you compare with that other very prominent uh, political tweeter, President Trump? Well, I certainly have no intention competing against President Trump on Twitter. Foreign Minister Kono, thank you very much for thank being you. on Conversation With. Thank you very much.